Material Components Episode 46 Messages from the Wilderfane Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers, how you doing? Hey, pretty, good. Pretty, pretty okay. Pretty. There's a grawl-shaped hole in my heart, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is true. Uh, hey guys, I what? What am I doing? What's going on? Uh, I'm Olivia. I'm playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. And I know how we do intros. Okay. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. Hey guys, I'm Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlite, Half-Elf Rogue. It's true. And this week on NPR. And I was going to say, and tonight on All Things Considered. Like, Jesus. <laughs> As you can probably tell by his distinct lack of sonorous tones, we are down one Reed Morris for this episode, but we shall persevere and press on despite the absence of our warlock friend. So, I would like to ask the three of you the same thing I ask every time, which is, do you remember what happened last time? Yes. Uh, I do. And it's it's sad that Reed isn't here because Grawl had a big day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crawl's big day. Crawl's big so day. Um, we, had, we had the council meeting. Yes, the Bulwark we did. Of Bones. You had a summit at the Bulwark of Bone, and many, many individuals were there, representing all corners of the valley. You had Mayor Ezekiel Von Zorovich of Blue Gulch. You had Darren Dunn from Fair Ames here. Uh, the King of the Srothheim Dwarves, the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven, a big old burning hot dragon boy by the name Pyre Scale, and a aquatic mutant lady by the name of Brian Lady Lenato from Lake Quelio. All of this was, so of course, zero. being hosted by the new warlord of the Legion of Bone, one Null Nine Lives. Who looks... Not at all dissimilar from our our good good friend, Grawl of No Legion. This is true. Over the course of the summit, you learned a great many things about the goings on around the valley, including problem locations that you might uh, consider investigating in the near future, including a strange bubble of primal feral emotions surrounding Fair Ames here and. Very, very strange flooding happening south of Fort Verge at the Amberfell Mines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You also discovered that a certain Lord Mayor may not exactly have all of your best interests at heart. And well, we're not even talking about Mayor Von Zorovich. Yeah, <laughs> weirdly enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, Horace Mason, Mayor of uh, Stormhaven, turns out is... I mean, none of us were really surprised that he was a shitty dude, yeah. but um, yeah, super just was in money. league with the cult. Yeah, took money from the cult, and it was heavily implied that he had 
the mark on his arm, although that was not verified uh, because nope. a certain pyre scale uh, took justice into his own hands. And... <laughs> was it justice? Was I don't, it justice? No, was it more it... just like, I want to light someone on fire because I haven't done it in a while? It's probably yeah. that one. <laughs> He's filling a quota. Um, <laughs> and, and and boy, did he. Um, because there's no longer a Horace Mason. Well, I, uh, that's not necessarily well, okay, yeah. true. That's fair. There is. He's just not currently in that vicinity anymore. <laughs> God, he could still be alive. I didn't even think about that. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, fulfilling. Look, Pyrescale was going to burn the crap out of some world leader that day. And <laughs> Horace is... just drew the shortest straw. <laughs> it's true. Because upon a revealing that he was indeed a possible spy for the cult of Dahaka, Pyrescale took the implied dishonesty into his own claws and indeed immolated the shit out of the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven. Mm -hmm. Stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Which raises all sorts of questions. I believe I said as much to his face. Why he didn't do that against the Prince of Fools himself, uh, Robin Goodfellow, when he revealed his own deception. Because yeah, probably wouldn't have worked on him <laughs> either. <laughs> During the summit meeting, Oberon Greenvane Archvey of the Eastwood was revealed to, in fact, be Robin Goodfellow, the Prince of Fools, and, well, still an Archvey of the Eastwood. So, you know, it sort of balanced yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there by order of Oberon Greenvane. Yeah. So it's probably uh, fine. <laughs> and, you know... He didn't imply that he was working for a cult, so. <laughs> He's a bit too clever for that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the cult is working for him. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it was also, uh, well, Grawl decided uh, to reveal himself in front of everyone as well, um, which was certainly surprising. It's true. Um, Many people were taken by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, the revelation and that I... Grawl, the pale albino hobgoblin, was in their midst was taken at first as a sign of great and terrible things to come, but then that all changed when it was revealed that Maglubiet, the returned god of goblin kind, the conquering god, did not share his visions with the war-born child that is Grawl. And for some reason that left him destitute and cast out from his people among the legions. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was revealed that the um, Legion of Bone is not going to be invading the rest of the valley, but in fact, leaving Quite. the the valley. Quite uh, the opposite, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just... And they have a storm giant captive? We do not know that. Oh, Only Cherish know knows that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's good to know I that. guess, yeah. Somebody could have made a, like a nature check or something to be like, that sounded like a storm giant, but... It is said that a great did. general once reached the 
edge of the map and wept, for there were no more lands to conquer, but Null Nine Lives said, Fuck that, I'm gonna make new lands to conquer. And it's gonna <laughs> be great. She, she looked at the map and she was like, Well, damn, we just need more paper. <laughs> 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 Guys, what's the problem? Just get some more paper and we'll figure it out. Idiots. <laughs> Claiming that she would conquer the storm itself to find the lands which she she sought to conquer. Which, like, which, that's like, not how that works. Like, honestly, best the best possible outcome for all of, from all of that. Like, if she's right and we can go outside the storm, then cool, maybe there's something to be had there. And if not, then they're all gonna die and we don't have to worry about it. So, it's kind of a win-win for everybody else. Definitely yeah. not for the, the hobgoblins who are under and, her command. but And also all of the, you know, people they have enslaved. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's also a huge bummer. Uh... Yeah, that's not great. And also the fact that they're going to use Blue Gulch as like a staging ground. <laughs> it's just, it's actually not that. Not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it seemed like uh, the mayor <laughs> persuaded her to avoid Blue mm -hmm. Gulch. Um, mayor Von Zorovich can be very persuasive when he needs to be. <laughs> He's very charming. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm sure that was it. <laughs> and threatening. Um, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> a healthy combination of all. But leastways, once you were revealed in such a way, and Tirza stepped up her god game yet again by grasping the lightning out of the warlord's hand, yeah. you were then told that the hospitality of the Legion lasts until midnight, so you better get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. yeah. On the way out the door, Grawl was confronted by an old mentor, the High Third Dramul, who seemed to instill in Grawl the sense that he was destined for something great, but whatever it is that he encountered out in the wasteland, whatever power he now wields, is somehow sidetracking that destiny. Hmm. Weird what happens when you just throw someone in the desert to die. I'm still yeah. pissed about that. But leastways, we find you all now in the dead of night, riding as fast as you can to get out and away from the bulwark of bone. The miles you have to cross to get out of the encampment city are done so with quick, silent, and tense efficiency. You ride your mounts near the mayor's coach, following the lead of King Alris Axehart and her double-decker coach that is riding ahead of you being drawn by giant goats. Darren Dunn and... Robin Goodfellow ride at the top of Mayor Von Zorovich's cart. I believe Tirza rides inside the cart itself uh, with the good mayor because you didn't have the ten minutes necessary to summon your reindeer. That's what happens when you dismiss your... you just vanish your steed away. That's... This is true. <clears throat> Gotta give me one of those figurines like Darren Dunn has. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, his is a little slow on the whole giddy up and get out. That's, yeah. 
a better one. So, and I was going to ask, so Robin Goodfellow is also on the carriage. Um, was the elk he rode in on, like, not real? Or what happened with that? <laughs> That's a very good question. Okay! <laughs> <laughs> All right! <laughs> It just occurred to me, honestly. I was like, mm-hmm. hang on. <laughs> yeah, he definitely rode into town on a giant moose, and that moose is nowhere to be seen. Huh. So, did, could, we, did we see it disappear? You did or, not. You saw it, like, being led away with all of the other mounts. Huh. Yeah. Huh. That's very suspicious. Some hobgoblin general is having moose meat tonight. <laughs> Some deadly, <laughs> deadly moose is wandering the encampment tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the fall of the Legion starts now with one moose. It's true. Uh, man. But yes, the miles strip by beneath you as you ride hell for leather out of this encampment. It is closing in on probably two hours to midnight when you finally break away from the actual encampment lines and begin moving away eastward presumably towards some kind of semblance of civilization, though you're honestly just following the lead of King Axeheart at this point. Because mm-hmm. before, when you'd gotten to this point, the mayor had you'd come from directly to the south of here. Though mm-hmm. you do know that that way lies just a big vast wasteland at the center of which is a Skeleton of a giant god? Question mark. And also some Thrycreen. I mean, I'm sure there's some this way too, but we don't know that. Thrycreen and possibly some Tlinkali and all sorts of stuff. Oh, I meant Tlinkali. Fuck. There are I also, always do, I always there are also Thrycreen out here, so you're not wrong. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Did we decide... Uh, before we ended the last session, we where we're going, we're just no. kind of we're just kind of going. At this point, you're just trying to get well, away from the bulwark, which is fair. Yeah, I think that I mean the two places we have to go are to the east of us, generally speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we were. I mean, I I don't remember if we decided on it, but I remember us talking about like at least just making our way to the at least the sun pass tower yeah okay and kind of figuring out from there there. yeah okay cool that sounds great heading directly east from here you will reach either pashbari or the sun pass tower a little bit south from there Uh, if you head straight east from the bulwark you will go straight to pashbari but you will hit the road that leads to the sun pass tower before that okay that's <clears throat> but leastways, cool. you really don't stop this thunderous charge eastward until a little bit past midnight. And at that point, the the fires of the Bulwark of Bone are still aglow on the horizon, but they are less prominently around you. And it is at that point after midnight that the coaches begin to slow. Whew, that was exhausting. Are we going to set up camp or are we just heading straight to the Sun Pass Tower? I mean, we should rest. 
stick my head out of the oh there's no windows. There's no windows. I can't pull the curtains aside. You can like no, open one of the doors though. You have to open yeah. one of the doors, yeah. Yeah. Uh you would know based on like rough map estimates that it would be roughly a six day journey from here to the Sunbass Tower across terrible hope horrible broken wasteland. Okay, yeah, we should take we should <laughs> rest. Just take a little nap. A little, little nappy poo. Alternatively, um, it's a ten day journey south to or a, a, about a seven uh day journey south to Blue Gulch. Across maybe less hostile terrain, but that's because it's empty and desolate. Yeah. Yeah. So the terrain itself is more hostile than the actual hostiles in the terrain, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> a little. <laughs> but yes, eventually yeah. the cart's slow, uh, and it seems as though at least Mayor Von Zorovich and King Axehart think you're at a safe distance. Or as mm -hmm. as safe as you're gonna get out in the drylands. It's all relative at this point. This whole time... Darren Dunn has sat up front on the coach with Big Gus, the mayor's bodyguard, while Robin Goodfellow has just lounged uh, in kind of like a, a crisscross applesauce sitting position on the very top of the cart with a big stupid grin plastering his face, one hand on his ankles and one hand holding his hat down. God. Just no situational appropriateness at all. <laughs> Uh, and when you stop, there is, or when you slow, I should say, because you don't actually come to a complete stop. It's just, they feel as though they can slow down a little bit so that you can maybe have a conversation without shouting over winds whipping through your face. Yeah. Yeah. At, at which point, yeah, the mayor will like pop the door to the side of his coach open. And Tirza, you can kind of like look out past him if you need to. Yeah. Were we just sitting in awkward silence while the cards were going? It's like... I feel like the mayor was sitting right by the door, hand on his sword, with just like an intense look of concentration, as though he was not focusing on what was happening inside the cart, but what was happening outside. That's fair. As mm -hmm. though he could somehow sense your surroundings from inside the cart. That's fair. <laughs> Um, hey mayor, we're uh, maybe thinking about stopping for the for the evening. Does that sound okay to you? Sounds perfectly acceptable to me, so long as we are at a safe enough distance that the legion considers us not in their territory. Well, hard to say. Um, I'll. I mean, I guess we'll find out one way or the other. <laughs> As the two carriages sort of pull side to side, you'll see that there is a, a small contingent of dwarves riding on the roof of their double-decker carriage with kind of... They look honestly like ballistas that have been set up on the rear of the coach. Yeah. <laughs> they were not there before. They've clearly been placed there recently. Yeah. Maybe while you were moving. Nice. King Axehart will stick her head out the this back like slider window 
um, of the coach to look back at all of you. Let's say, are we thinking of stopping? Uh, it yeah. It would seem so. Well, I suggest we double the guard if that's what we're going to do for the evening. I don't trust the Surely. hospitality of the Legion. Fair enough. Yeah, good call. So eventually you begin to slow and roll to a halt, pulling off the, the dirt-packed road that was constructed presumably by the Legion. There are mile markers you've seen, but they've grown less distinct as you've moved farther and farther away from the Legion's fortifications. It seems as though there's a lot of them really close in, maybe to mark distances for siege weapons. But as you've gotten farther and farther away, they've become more just like standing stones that have been worn away. And you're passing one now that looks like a, a hunched, kind of bundled up figure that's face, like, strangely enough, reminds you of Grawl. We, we've stopped Where? by this. You're yeah. pulling off the road away from that stone and like moving a little bit off into the wasteland, trying to get some cover behind a large rocky outcropping. Okay, there's an outcropping. Yeah, you're moving yeah. into Mesa territory now. In uh, like a day's time, you will be right in the middle of the large Mesa lands that dominate the center of the drylands. Okay. Cool. Pulling off to the side, the two carriages form like kind of a a wedge around this rocky outcropping to give you sort of some fortifications if you absolutely needed it. Mm -hmm. The animals are drawn inside for the evening as opposed to posted outside the fortifications. Whatever fires you make are kept low and very sedate. <laughs> and a car goes zooming past. Except that Whoa. one. <laughs> Future. Was that pirate scale? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I figure we just all help getting camp set up and yeah. getting all of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can see that three more ballistas are being set up on the top of the double-decker carriage at different cardinal points on the carriage so that you have a pretty, they have a pretty good, like, 360 coverage with these giant ratcheting crossbows, essentially. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, this camp consists of your contingent, about 20 dwarves, Darren Dunn, and Robin Goodfellow, who really hasn't moved from the top of the mayor's carriage, and is just sort of looking around with a bemused smile on his face. Yeah, he's probably fine. Probably take care of himself. Um, at some point after, like, helping get, like, tents and a fire going, and, like, the acceptable amount of help. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I'm going. Uh, Tirza will will resummon Carrie. Okay. So you kind of sit off to the side and perform the small ritual you need to do, and eventually, mm -hmm. in the middle distance of the horizon, you'll see the starlight that sort of reflects off of the heat mirages that are coming up from the desert. 
coalesce into the form of a reindeer that sort of just, like, gains focus as it moves closer until eventually it just separates itself from the horizon in the form of Carrie. So good. My girl! <laughs> I need all of you to give me perception checks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as you're helping set up camp. Mount the Mount the Mount. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> hmm. 16. 16. 10 for Sid. Wow. Did you botch? Yeah. Oh, roll a 2. Okay. Oh. Aww. Yeah. Uh, 19. 19. Oh. Let's see. Tirza, as you are. Greeting Carrie, coming back into camp, patting her neck. She's, like, nuzzling in towards you, her strange starlight uh, fur, ridiculously soft. Nice. Not the kind of, like, coarse, oily hair you'd expect from a reindeer. Yeah. And and not like... She doesn't give off heat like an animal does. It's just, like, this weird, kind of glowy feeling. <laughs> I love her. It's like it tingles a little Yeah. Bit. it's kind it feels kind of like you're putting your hand to a stainless steel refrigerator Hmm. like there's a thrum and there's like Mm -hmm. a coolness there but there's a but it's also soft yeah Mm -hmm. interesting i love it (laughs) but as this happens you notice just to the side, Grawl sort of staring down at his great sword before standing up and moving into the uh, the mayor's coach. Um, is the mayor in his in his carriage? No, he's setting about helping the best he can. He is. Uh, honestly, him and the king are off to the side having a discussion. I'll kind of like track him with my eyes, but I won't. I figure he probably wants some space. Okay. After that, the camp is set up pretty thoroughly. The dwarves know how to set up a, a good camp. This is the king's retinue, after all. So you are all fed. Uh, the last time you ate was probably in the middle of the day, so you're pretty famished at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The supplies the dwarves bust out are robust, to say the least. Eventually, Darren Dunn resummons his donkey. It seems as though he mostly does that, though, to access the wine, the wine. Uh, skins that are on the donkey's saddlebags. Yep. Or he gets too drunk. Um, <laughs> I think. I think even Cherish even, like, sees him going for the wineskins and is like, oh shit, I better do this now. <laughs> um, and, he, d- he did describe um, himself earlier as dangerously sober. Just, yes. Um, but I want to... I'm not really sure how... I've been t- trying to think about how to start the conversation, but like, I can't really think of anything that isn't like Cherish confronts Darren Dunn about him and Pyroscale being weird. <laughs> I mean, do what you do. Yeah. 
You have people you can hey. ask about it as well if you wanted to. Your friends and or forge bonded items. That's true. Or you yeah, can just walk do, right up to I him guess... and say, hey. Hey, what the fuck? Why are you no, so um, weird? Why are you so weird? Why are you staring at me? Um. Uh, yeah, actually, Cherish would probably, if, if Maz is up to it, probably would ask her about, like, um, hey, so I know what, ostensibly what a wormling is, um, but, like, why did Pyrescale call me one? <laughs> I'm a tiefling. <laughs> um, Maz... Maz would say the old dragon was clearly full of himself. Perhaps he sees things only in regards to his own species. You are still young, after all. I suppose that's true. Yeah, so I go to Darren and I say, hey! <laughs> Darren Dunn is like, just about lifting one of those wineskins to his mouth and he'll see you coming. His strange silver eyes, like, flicking over to you. And he'll let it, I... And then quickly jam the wineskin in his mouth as you approach. <laughs> and give it a solid squeeze. No, 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 no! <laughs> Mage hand! <laughs> Do you pull the wineskin away from him? Yes, mage hand. <laughs> oh my god. He makes a very desperate, like, suckling motion with his lips as it's pulled away from his mouth. It's like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, I needed that. I needed that. Come on. Shit. What? Can I, can I have that back, please? After I ask you something. Uh, yeah. What? You, even before you were following Sid and I, you were acting kind of weird around me, about me. I don't think so I was. So what's up with that? No, I was not. Nope. Staring, staring is weird. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't staring. I looked every once in a while because it's like I said, I think your purple's good. Yep. Call his bluff. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm not I'm kidding. Like, I know, but like, yeah, like I just don't it's not good RP, but, like, I don't believe you. <laughs> you can just straight up say that. You're allowed. Yeah, like, you're not, like, there's nothing about you that makes me think you're ever telling the truth. Oh, then you're smarter than most. Because, yeah. Um. Kid, listen, you you clearly got a lot going on, and I don't want to pry or anything, so I won't. If you could just give me that wine skin back, that'd be great. Okay, but I'm prying. 
You and he's like he's clearly very distracted by the wine skin, and he just like keeps looking over to it. But then he'll look back to you, and he'll start a sentence, but then stop. And he'll shake his head and blink really hard and rub at his temple and say, Where, where does your power come from? You, you can do magic, right? Because you're, yes. you're holding my wine yes. with your invisible hand. Yeah, I mean, it, yes. My mage hand is gold and sparkly when I want it to be. Um, okay, but it doesn't have, like, an arm or a wrist or anything. It's just a hand. Yeah. So that's magic. Yes. Right. Where I'm sorry, it? what was the question? <laughs> what are we talking about? Nothing. That hand I mean, needs to give from... me the... Oh, right. Some... It's from me. I, my. It's inherent. I. I didn't... I've just been doing magic for, like, as long as I can remember. Okay. Um well what if I told you that the magic you're doing is dragon magic? Uh I would be confused yeah. mostly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I honestly thought it was because of the whole Never mind. Um, and he, like, puts his hands on his head to, like, simulate horns. Little mm -hmm. fingers pointing yeah. up. And gives you a raised eyebrow. Yeah. And I'll say, yeah, I thought that too. But, uh... Nope. And he'll just stare at you. So... so But I'm not a dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's, which I think is abundantly clear. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's super clear um, to me and everybody else um, that you're not a dragon. So the <laughs> fact that you can use dragon magic is weird. Yeah, I would say so. And some people like me and like the fucking giant salamander we just left behind and mm -hmm. yes i remember probably some other people in the room at the time can like tell where that kind of stuff comes from like and he'll look over to tears and point to her and say that one has got god magic yeah mm-hmm and He'll like look around and point to Mayor Zeke and said, "And that one's got vampire magic." I'm not sure that's a distinction, but sure. It, trust me, it's a thing. Okay. And he'll look around even more, and he'll uh, point over to Sid and say, "And that one's got some fey magic, and you've got dragon magic." Okay. Well. I mean, Tirza is, has, like, faith, is a faithful person and grew up in a religious order, um, so that makes sense, and 
the mayor is a vampire, so him having vampire magic makes sense. And Sid is a half-elf, so that makes sense. Sure. So you... <laughs> Uh, somewhere down the line, some you, your mum's 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 mum, or your dad's 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 dad. Uh, probably not my dad, but <laughs> between you and me, probably not my dad. Probably on the mom's side. Can you say that out loud? Yeah. And he raises his hands and says, "Okay, whatever. Um, I don't know, but one of those ways." There's a dragon somewhere. Because you saw fucking Melpier next back there. Mm-hmm. He looked like a person. I promise you, he's got the dangly bits of a person. And they can have babies with whoever the fuck they want. Hmm. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. No, it doesn't make a goddamn look of sense. That's why it's dragon magic. Well... I mean, like, well, okay, it makes, I guess it makes sense to, as much as anything else to me. Sure. Cool. Okay, well, that's interesting, I guess. Yeah, that's the interesting bit. Here's your... <laughs> I was, like, about to, like, okay, <laughs> okay, look, you can't just... <laughs> oh, I just You want this back so bad? <laughs> okay. Cherish. Where'd you get the name Valmarod from? Hmm? It's my mother's name. And you see his face kind of just like go a little bit wide and then kind of crinkle back down into suspicion. And then he'll say, What do you mean? I mean... Hold on. I put, like, draw the mage hand back up and, like, I show him the letter. And yeah, his hand was definitely reaching for the wine while he was doing all of this. You show him the letter. Yeah. I'll show him the fucking wanted poster, too. I'm an open-ass book. <laughs> Remember how Omatep told you to never show anyone that letter ever yes. again? <laughs> I just, I just want, I just he want did, you to, I just want fine. you to know that. Oh, this makes for great. <laughs> before this happens. So I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, I, no, I'm totally into it. I just want Elliot to know. Cherish doesn't keep secrets. That's fair. He will stare at this letter for a long, long second. And he'll say, It's not possible. Um, where did you get this? I mean, I mean, be careful with it. It's it's all I have of her, so can I have it back? And his hands are kind of just like gripped to it. <sighs> My where, where did you get adopted this? mother gave it to me when I was when I turned thirteen? She had it. It was on me and baby form when she got me out. Out? Well, I mean, he read the letter. Like, do I have to say it out loud? And he'll, like, look back down at the letter, and if, as, give me an insight roll. Okay. 
22. Okay. It becomes pretty clear that he, like, he keeps trying to read the letter, but he's focusing more on just the handwriting of it. Mm -hmm. He is stricken by something that he knows about whoever read or wrote this letter, and he's not really absorbing the words of it. Oh. And he keeps trying, like, when you tell him to read the letter, he'll go back to it and, like, look at it, but his eyes just kind of, like, unfocus, and he'll look back up at you, really confused. And he'll say, I... Something... Something... Hell? Yeah. Like, the hills. Like... Yes. Like, Bator hills. Like, yes. Oh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, Guildmage fuck, actually fuck, asked fuck, fuck, if fuck, I wanted fuck, to be fuck, introduced fuck. like that, and... Mm. Oh, that is... Would have... Uh, and you didn't... You didn't... You did not do that. You did not do that. No. I didn't really feel comfortable doing that. That's... That... That is good. It would be very bad if you felt comfortable with that. Um, no, right? Exactly. That's sort of my litmus test at the moment, if I feel like I'm getting too comfortable with all of this. Uh, and Maz in your mind will say, you're going to have to accept it eventually. Darren Dunn is still kind of like holding the letter. You can see it's really it's almost starting to crinkle in his hands a little bit. He's gripping it so tight. I... How do you know this is written by your mum? Who told you? I mean, I guess... Because whoever it was was a liar. The person who wrote this this letter is dead. She's been dead for a long, long time. <laughs> no, I. I. I mean, I didn't. I didn't see her, but I. I saw her. I. 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 <laughs> I scried her accidentally. Yeah? You can't scry someone who's dead. Well, that's just not true. You try hard enough, you can scry whoever the fuck you want. It's real okay, well, hard I wasn't to... trying. It was an accident. Hmm. And you sure? You sure that's who you're scrying? Hmm? Miss, I don't know where my powers asked, come from. She asked me. I was looking for my adopted mom, but I was just thinking about my mom, and and it didn't show me the place I was in. It showed me a blizzard with rocks and and. Hmm. I'll tell you what. I don't know who you saw. It's really easy to fuck up a scry. You don't know someone well enough. You don't have the right description. You see all sorts of stuff. Whoever wrote this, and they'll hold up the letter, is dead. 
and he'll push it back towards you. And he'll lunge for his wineskin while you grab the letter over. He'll snag it out of the air, hold it tight, give you a look, and say, I'm sorry, but whoever person who wrote that, it's not your mom. Well, how do you know? Because I knew the woman who wrote that letter. I used to be married to her. She's dead. He'll pull hard from his wineskin and just start to stumble away. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I think Cherish is just sort of like, like holding the letter and just kind of shaking a little bit. Yeah, I was just about to say, are you like visibly upset? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's pre-established character stuff that Tirza <laughs> is a big old snoop. Yeah, and from nearby, invisibly, a voice says, Whoa, that was heavy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I think... Yeah, Tears Tears uh, has been, like... Gone back to setting up the camp, and then when that conversation happened, was, like, just not listening in, not eavesdropping, but, like, keeping an eye out. Okay. Sid, what were you doing this whole time? Uh, I imagine I, w I was um, helping set up camp. I don't know if I would have heard, um, although I have pretty good hearing. This was sort of uh, happening off to the side, and you were maybe distracted by helping dwarves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if I heard, if I knew it was happening, I'd probably try and listen in. But, uh, You'd probably notice the conversation ending and... Uh, what you saw from a distance was just Cherish playing keep away with Darren Dunn's wine. Which is hilarious. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think the only reason Tirza even would have noticed is because, again, she's a nosy. <laughs> she's nosy. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I think I... She, she like goes to cherish and like puts just like a really gentle hand on cherish's shoulder and says are you are you all right what what did if he didn't want to talk about it he could have just she could have just tell me she was dead What... What do you mean? He told me whoever wrote this letter this letter that I have from my mom or maybe I don't I don't know anymore 
Whoever wrote this letter is dead. But... But you... How would he know? Because he used to be married to them, I guess, which is a bombshell in and of itself. What? Yeah, what? And I'll kind of look to where I'm assuming Darren is just, just chugging. He has slumped down. Like his donkey has settled down onto its haunches, and he is just slumped down next to it, and he is just making his way through wineskins. And he'll drain one into his mouth, toss it to the side, and immediately start rooting for a second one and begin draining it. But he, you. He is angry drinking. Yeah. But you. Believe him, though. You wouldn't be this upset if you thought he was just trying to upset you. I guess I don't know what I believe anymore. That's... That's not unfair. Um... <laughs> it's hard to know what to believe anymore. About anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> Great puppies, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming over. <laughs> yeah, when the paladin says no. that. Yeah, right. Like, uh, are hey, time out. Can we do we need to take a side step? Like, are you okay? I was like, oh. <laughs> um I mean seems like all we've gotten is more questions to answer. I mean Unfortunately, for the longest time, I, the fact that my father is an archdevil was sort of mitigated by the fact that my mother might still be alive um, and risked her life to smuggle me out of hell. But now I sort of only have a part. And that's... Just the father being an archdevil part of it. And, the, um, the not great part of it. The not great part of yeah. it. I need you um, both to give me history checks real quick. Okay. Eighteen. Oh, sorry. I dropped everything. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Okay. Um, it's hard to know what to believe anymore. <laughs> oh. Um. Eight. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Cherish, as you're saying that, like maybe all you have now is the archdevil bit. You're just thinking back on all the relevant data, and. A, a stubborn thread of thought that will not leave is that no, Darren Dunn is wrong. Because if you're going to believe anyone, you're going to believe your mom. And who does your mom believe? 
and that's Omatap. And he was the first-hand account. Like, he said, a tiefling woman handed you off this letter attached. The letter makes specific reference to Omatep. Yeah. Tirza starts down that path and then goes, but do I believe Omatep? No. <laughs> <laughs> So despite what Darren Dunn will say, you have facts to back up your beliefs. Not just the word of a drunken half-elf. That's true. Yeah, what the hell does he know? I'll go beat him up for you. Tirza, you don't have to do that. It's just been a really rough day, I guess. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when you grabbed that lightning from Null, it was, that was pretty impressive, especially because as much game as she was talking, I mean, they have a thunder giant. So she was basically cheating. A storm giant, I mean, that's what I meant to say. What do you what do you mean they had a storm giant? The lesser heard it when uh she when Null summoned the light or no, when you grabbed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what she was using to produce that. Ostensi- ostensibly, yeah. Or to channel it, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All of this... Yeah, God, I don't know if I'm smart enough to put these facts together. <laughs> um, give me an intelligence roll, and if you roll above a 10, feel free to use your player knowledge. Booyah! I just rolled the 19. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, if it's investigation, I can use Sadagar too. But anyway. Uh, Connect all the strings. Yeah. <laughs> and they... And we ran across that set of giant bones in the desert. And Grawl was... Oh, poor Grawl. I know. Grawl was certain that the hobgoblins had brought it down. And Cherish, did I? Mm-hmm. And it's totally the like when you suddenly realize you've left the stove on. But the stove is a giant temple in an alternate plane. <laughs> Um, Cherish you know when we encountered that storm giant in in the Beastlands 
Yes. And we were running, and we barely mm-hmm. made it out. Oh, yeah, I, I do recall I passed out after we were done. Yeah. There was... There was a jar... Was it a temple, or was it a, just a structure? It was a structure of some kind. It's tough to say yeah. exactly what it was. Okay. There was a jar of sheer... There were symbols that are used by the Jarashir on yeah, some sort of structure or temple or and she called me cage keeper. I I mean I don't I'm not sure about all that, but uh Jeremiah Payne did allude to the Jarshir not originating here or even on this plane. I know we weren't able to ask him about that, but no. But that seems to be some kind of confirmation, at least. I can't believe I forgot about that. I. Suddenly, Sadagar on your shoulders is very, very excited when you start making these connections. Cool. I... Yes, there... I can tell. There's something to this. But I just... It's like... It's like someone's pulling a thread and I could just almost grasp it. I I wish we had been able to talk to him more. Yeah. I do too. Or to the mayor of Stormhaven or anyone. Or Lord. Yeah, anybody. That was Lucrezia, even. And then Cherish is like, oh, I mean, that's not that, like, oh, um, not that, not that, like, I'm blaming, blaming you for, for that. We, we didn't know about the, about the <laughs> transportation spell until after that. Yeah. It's funny. I'm determined to find all of these answers because. I keep doing things that make it harder for us to find them. <laughs> Sid. Yes. At your hip, Stormpiercer says, Do not trust anything he says. I look over at Darren. And as you turn to look, you see not Darren Dunn, but Robin Goodfellow approaching. Oh, well, that's obvious. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and the sky is blue. Thanks for that one. <laughs> With a big, friendly smile on his face, he will sweep his hat off of his head in a bow as he approaches and says, 
I'm sorry. We didn't have proper introductions during the whole summit thing. Uh, Robin Goodfellow, pleasure to meet you. Sid. Yeah, good to meet you. I, I must say it was rather frightful, our uh, flight from the bulwark, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was fine. Can I help you with something? Just making polite conversation, getting to know the people who are uh, fleeing into the, the wild lands here with me. You seem like a rather interesting fellow. I mean, you know. Hero of Stormhaven, champion of the people. Well, it's, it's, these are things people have said, but, you know. I don't doubt it. With, with with the old mage um, but she insisted on putting that part in so of course she did yeah, yeah. and you'll hear a very aggravated sigh coming from your hip <laughs> so your strategy on this one is I shouldn't trust anything he says so also I'm gonna lie to him all time. <laughs> why not, <laughs> why not? <laughs> And Robin Goodfellow, with a smile, will say, You know, I didn't come to this summit just to listen to people prattle on about realm scars and hobgoblin what's it. I, I, I did come with a purpose, you know. Hmm, and what is that? Well, how much do you know about angels, Sid? Uh, how much do I know about angels, Mike? Give me a religion <laughs> check. Okay. That's a one. <laughs> so, minus Angles? One. Those things on triangles? <laughs> a zero, because it's a minus one to, to that check. <laughs> um, big I'm, feather boys. I was never very good at math. Yeah. Right, right angles... <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, they can be quite obtuse at times. <laughs> God damn it! It's a pretty acute joke you did there. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, the original purpose of angels is as a messenger, you know. Sure. Delivering the words of gods from heaven on high down to the mortal ear. Makes sense to me. Consider me an angel, Sid. Here to deliver some good news. And uh, who, which deity are you sending a message from? Oh, nothing so robust as a god. Simply seeking to convey the messages of... Those I represent. Lord Greenvane, the Wise One, the Gardener, several other interested parties from the Eastwood. Archfey all, I assure you. I assume the one you were... Look, you looked like? Ah, yes. The... Uh, Lord Oberon Greenvane. One of our oldest and most wise Archfey of the Eastwood. Sure. Uh, what is what is this message? Oh, my messages are 
quite numerous in number, for, but for you personally? Me personally? Yes, I brought messages for everyone who was going to be attending the summit. Oh. Even... Huh. Even my friends over there? Your friends, the other primals who attended, and you yourself. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, the uh, proceedings were interrupted before I could do anything more dramatic and all-inclusive, so I figure I'll give it a personal touch now. Sure. Lay it on me. Well, here we go. Mostly the Archfey of the Eastwood would like you to know that they look forward to you learning more of the Wilt of Fame, of becoming engrossed in its ways, of learning more about where you come from and who you are. I mean... I come from Stormhaven. <laughs> Perhaps that's sure where was... you were raised, maybe, but that's not where your blood calls from. Gotcha. Okay. Well, is there, like, a particular, I don't know, are you offering something? Knowledge? Tutelage? Perhaps, uh, Push in the right direction, should you wish it. So I'm... I'm an agent of... of the... of the old... Chaos. <laughs> I'm an agent of chaos. Um, no, that's my job, thank you. Uh, I'm like a dog. She's I'm like a, a dog. Yeah, I see, when I see a car, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I'm already affiliated with the old mage, so, you know, can't really promise anything as far as Archfey are concerned. But, you know, I, I'm probably going to stop by. Uh, seems like Farium Seer needs my assistance. It's so. true. It does. The whole of the Eastwood could use your firm and caring hand, O champion of the people. Do you know specifically what's going on over in that yeah. neck of the woods? Your neck of the woods? I would probably need some sort of persuasion check if you want oh, that sort of thing. Sure. And does he actually says that? <laughs> Robin Goodfellow break canonically breaks the fourth wall. Um. <laughs> well, I got a nat twenty. Mm. <laughs> So you're going to get that information and all of the money he has. Oh, good. Oh, good. I wanted that money. <laughs> it's just leaves. Mm -hmm. He will it's... turn your head into that of a donkey. No. Um... That's fair. Hey, but that means you get lucky with Stan. Hey. <laughs> he will give you a smile and say, you know, I might know a thing or two. If I were you, I would bend your mind towards the realm of Arborea. Arborea? Might be a good place to start. Does that I does that sound familiar to nope. me at all, Mike? No. Okay. Um Is he What do you mean bend my mind to it? 
What does that mean? Think about it? I don't know what that is. Yes, Sid. Think deep. Think very deep. I'm sure you'll find the correct answers eventually. Okay. And from your hip, Stormpierce will say, I believe he is messing with you, Sid. Oh. Is that true? And Robin Goodfellow will simply smile and say, Maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, this was a pleasure. Um, so good getting to, to know you, acquainting myself. Um, but, you know, still more to set up. Oh, of course. But I'll be around at least for a little while. Uh, if you have any more questions about the Eastwood, where you come from, your father, you know, little things like that. For a little while, I'll be around. Anyway, toodaloo. Sid doesn't even respond. <laughs> and from nearby, a dwarf will say, That's one weird elf. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that's an elf, but we'll go with that. At your hip, Storm Pearson will say, As I said, do not trust any word of that creature. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't inquire anymore, probably. The Archfey are tricksters all, seeking to lure mortals to their doom. Even if their causes seem righteous and just, they are twisted by chaos. So, him offering me to go wherever, that's, that's, that's a trick. At the very least, it is something that will benefit the Fae more than yourself. Okay. Thank you for keeping an eye out for me, Stormpiercer. I do not have any eyes, Sid. Well, I am you a know sword. what I mean. I I know you're a sword, Stormpiercer. It's a turn of phrase. Ah, I see. How do you see? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, yes. this is a question I should have you asked. don't have me. eyes. I do. I perceive within a 120-foot radius, using both dark vision and normal vision. How I see without eyes, I do not know. I am a sword. <laughs> But I am aware of our surroundings. You see. You hear. You taste? <laughs> the only thing I wish to taste is victory. Well, I will do my best. That is all I ask. <laughs> well, either way, thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. After that, the in what begins to be the early, early hours of the morning creeps in, and you all see a strange version of the stormlights that everyone give me a nature roll. 
Are you kidding? Yeah, 12. Uh, one minus one is zero. <laughs> no. Oh my god. So How did you do that twice? I don't know, but I got a I got a net twenty, so I guess that's fourteen. Fourteen and Cherish, what did you get? Uh twelve. Cherish and Tirza, you see these lights dancing over the western storm wall and for a second, you don't believe your eyes, because the lights look like the lights that appear over Lake Quilio, that broad, streaking aurora. It moves across mm. the sky in bands and waves in a great vertical shaft that seem to fall down to the mountain's edge and cascade in a waterfall in front of the darkness that is the Stormwall Mountains. Weird. Tirza, you would know just how weird this is, given yeah. all the context that you have. Now that you know that the stormlights specifically are caused by the old mage. Yeah. Or at least yeah. aurora-like ones that appear over Lake Quelio. Yeah. I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> and this is coming from where? From where we came from? If you had to guess, you would say it is at least happening near the bulwark of bone. Okay. Sid, you fall yes. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just don't know what to make of these lights. You're like, oh, I didn't know this happened in other places other than Lake Quilio. Oh Pretty. god. <laughs> oh Sid. Um that's why she's so tired, because she moves all around the valley doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, she should she should really settle down. <laughs> uh and I think we're still probably standing next to each other. So I just like look to cherish like the f what? The hell? What the absolute hell? Yeah, like, is that, I mean, she usually does it on that plateau, and I'm guessing she can get herself there from the tower somehow. And Mike, do these look exactly like the ones that the old mage uses? They're very, very close. With the nature okay. roll that you did, you would think that they're pretty much identical. Okay. The difference is, is the orientation and its location. Okay. As opposed to the banded light that like streams out in a rainbow above the lake to the northern storm wall, this one is sort of cascading down off the mountainside. We... It's... I'm not actually hitting tears so, that hard. But, and actually, it's funny because the way we're oriented on my, my it call does, is it Olivia. Looks, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> smacking her chain mail and then suddenly her hand hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you don't... She might have... I, are you... 
Are I we thinking the same thing? I think we're thinking the same thing. I, I mean, maybe. Maybe. What do, you, what do you say? We can't do the say the same thing at this or say what we think at the same time because we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'll be funny. <clears throat> I mean, do you suppose she just decided to not let them try to leave? Oh, um, possibly. I was I wondering mean, they... if somehow the hobgoblins figured out how to do the same thing, but if the old mage is trying to keep the storm out. I wonder if it's not from her at all. That's also very possible. Neither they one have... is great. Neither one is great. I mean, I suppose they have some sort of plan for getting out. Otherwise, why would they try to leave? Well, and hopefully their foolishness doesn't bring the storm walls down all around us and <sighs> include everyone in their foolishness, but... Either way, that's... I... Maybe we should ask I mean, next. How? We should ask next time we talk to her. Certainly, yes, we I... probably should. As you stand there staring at these cascading lights, wondering what they could possibly mean, the camp is beginning to settle down around you. People finding rest where they can. Mayor Vonzorovich is stalking around the outer perimeter of the camp, seemingly completely unfazed by being awake for an entire day moving into the night and the previous night he was awake for. The dwarves are settling down, though they have a, a firm watch order established. The strange figure of Robin Goodfellow sits near one of the fires, humming to himself. Uh, he is playing some kind of instrument that no one else can see. Uh, it's not making any sound, but he's clearly playing some kind of lute or guitar that is invisible to all but him, his fingers moving through the air in some sort of ecstasy of rhythm. Darren Dunn is slowly drinking himself into a stupor, the likes of which no mortal could possibly survive. And you all begin to take your watches as well? Yes. Uh, Tirza, you asked a question. I did, and then I lost everyone's audio for, like, a good three minutes. <laughs> yeah, Tirza um, was asking if we noticed that Grawl. Yeah, like, yeah I, we probably, you know, during our conversation, I'm sure Cherish was like, hey, did you, where did, where's Grawl? Where's Grawl? Yeah, and I just, like, 
the reason <clears throat> the reason I ask is because so we don't have to like actually RP it. I probably just like if either of you ask, I'm like he's in there, and I don't. He seemed sad. We should maybe leave him alone. Or not. I don't know. Do what you want. I'm not your mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Cherish would probably be like, I want to talk to Grawl. But so if I want to talk to Grawl, that probably means I shouldn't. And because he doesn't like talking to me. <laughs> Maz will say, he does perhaps owe you answers, though. Seems as though his destiny is not so humble as he might have led you to believe. Well, maybe. I'm not assuming that he knew. Perhaps. As you begin your watch rotation, are the rest of you trying to get some rest? Yeah, I... Mm, uh, Cherish is kind of... um, Kind of be like, hey, maybe, like, since we got such a late start to resting, like, maybe we shouldn't take watch. Just so that we're not... Yeah, tired. The... The dwarves seem more than capable of performing their watch duties, and the, like always, the mayor is staying up through the night. Yeah, I'm for once fine with that. Sid is already asleep. That's oh, yeah, that makes that's true. We just we're both like we're like talking about it and trying to decide, and we look over, and Sid's just like. <laughs> There's there's comical like Z's coming out of his and Grawl's tent that he's like, splayed out all over the bottom. Oh of yeah, you get the tent like to yourself. Coming out of my nose. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm even stealthy while sleeping. <laughs> Alright, so you find your rest. Your sleep comes restlessly. Cherish, you are haunted by visions of horned creatures with fire curling out of their eyes, and you can tell if it's Pyrescale, visions of your father, or something else entirely. Tears of your sleep is restless as well. Visions of strange Jarashir meaning and symbology on a distant plane circling your head. And I... I sorry, quick a quick add because I think part of it too is that like Tirza starts to like finally drift to sleep and then brushes against Sadagar and that just like excitement and like like new ideas, new ideas. But there's like nothing. But like she's like yes, but I don't know what is happening, and then it takes her yeah a long time to get. Sid, your sleep is undisturbed. <laughs> Yay! Ah, oh, the unexamined life. <laughs> Somehow the, the death of Horace Mason, or the apparent death of Horace Mason, has let you sleep a little easier this night. 
one less asshole in the world. Maybe. <laughs> Whatever. It was still great. And I think it is on that note that we are going to take our break. And when we return, we shall maybe come to some decisions about where you will all be heading in the near future. Greetings, my friends. I am Omatip Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to talk to you about a subject that I have been doing some reading on recently, and that is the subject of dragons. Now, you may be asking yourself, Omatep, you can read? Ha ha, very funny. Yes, of course I can read. Jokes about my literacy aside, dragons are actually a very interesting topic to research, regardless of which world you hail from. It seems to me that as long as there have been people, there have also been big scaly lizards that breathe all sorts of nasty stuff. On some worlds, they are just that. Big, horrible, fire-breathing, at times, animals. On other worlds, they can be the next best thing to gods, flapping around and using all sorts of crazy magic. There is even one world, Eberron, in which their whole cosmology is based on the dragon above and the dragon below. You don't want to meet the dragon below. In all of my studies, though, I have found a few universal truths that hold across many worlds. The first is that dragons are generally split into two categories, chromatic and metallic. The chromatic dragons, red, white, blue, black, and green, are generally not very nice. Then there are the metallic dragons, bronze, copper, silver, gold, and brass. These dragons are on the nicer side, or, at the very least, they won't immediately assume that you're a snack. Of course, depending on where you are in the multiverse, there are all manner of dragons in between and outside of those categories. But if you're dealing with just the two types, metallic and chromatic, rest assured that you will also be dealing with Tiamat and Bahamut. Tiamat is the five-headed goddess, queen of the chromatic dragons, Supposedly she is trapped in hell, though a couple of roustabouts a few years back tried to free her with some kind of horde of the Dragon Queen. I heard it did not work out very well for them. Then there is Bahamut, the Platinum Dragon. He is said to be the embodiment of justice, fair and righteous combat, and all things good. You know, like canaries, and old men with canaries. Honestly, I don't get his whole thing with canaries. I really don't. So, while you are out and about on your wayward adventures across the multiverse, just remember this rule of thumb. Chromatic dragons bad, metallic dragons less bad. But at the end of the day, they are both giant flying lizards that can breathe horrible stuff on you. So it's best just to keep your distance. Thankfully, most of the people I know are smart enough to steer clear of any dragons. Anyway, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they were still recovering from the aftermath of the summit at the Bulwark of Bone, discovering them some things about themselves, about the individuals they're traveling with, and about what may be going on back at the bulwark that they might make the claim that they could tame the storm. But after a decent night's rest, you are beginning to uh, come around in the morning. Tirza, as usual, you are one of the first ones awake? Yeah. And when you first crawl out of your tent in the morning to 
partake in whatever prayers and meditations are your usual morning ritual, you are met by a figure sitting cross-legged just outside your tent with a big smile on his face and a feathered cap on his head. Uh, um. <laughs> and he says, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> You're up bright and early. Yes. Um, you are too? <laughs> well, yes, but I was waiting for you, so. Here we oh, are. Oh, what? F for me? Yes. Not. Tear the cloak bearer? Child of the storm? Very dramatic. That's just. That's just a, a title. It's not. <laughs> Why do you always think um, what can I help you with? I'm sorry. You sound ashamed of what you are, girl. Well, the implication that I it was very dramatic. It, it seemed like you were being condescending. I apologize if you weren't. It no, just No, no. <laughs> I am a huge fan of the dramatic. The more ostentatious, the better. Yeah, see, you keep using those words, and I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of using those words to describe myself. And yet you walk around in a big purple cloak and can hold lightning in your hands? <laughs> I can do those things. <laughs> it's, this is too early for this. <laughs> um... Yes, I, I suppose that this is rather... Uh, what can I help you with? It's not a matter of what you can help me with, it's what I could help you with. Tell me, Tirtha, what do you know about angels? Uh, I'm going to do a religion check. I don't sure. know. Yeah, because angels aren't really a Jarashir thing. Well, give me a religion check and I'll let you know. Uh, six. Okay. Uh, they're not really a Jarashir thing. The closest yeah. thing the Jarashir have to angels are uh, the Kotals, the, the rainbow-winged serpents. Those creatures are considered messengers of the, the god and triplicate of Andranjinyi of Azidahaka and of Shamaran the Wise. Those creatures, when they do appear, are spoken of with reverence. They are heralded as messengers of the gods, essentially. But yeah, the Jars here don't have big toga-wearing folk with bird wings. You mean like do you mean messengers? Yes, exactly. Think of me as an angel, bringing word from those on high to the humble ears of the mortals. A messenger of what, exactly? 
the Archfey of the Eastwood. It's who I represent. Oberon Greenvein, the Gardener, the Hunter, the Honey Lord. All of them, really. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Honey Lord. No. Um, and what message? You have a message for me? Well, I came with a message. I did not simply come to the summit to bear witness to all the great unfoldings of the world. I came to bring word and good tidings to those who gathered. Well, tidings, at the very least. I, some of them aren't very good. What's my message, then? Precisely why I was waiting for you this morning, Tirtha. The message I have for you follow their such. And he'll lean back and kind of like rock back on his bum a little bit, clutching his ankles, and he'll say, The Archfey of the Eastwood will oppose your crusade at every turn. <laughs> now, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it's what I was told to say. Why did I know that mine was going to be a bad one? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't, you don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. See, here's the problem with messages from Archfey. They can be rather dreadfully obtuse about these sorts of things. It's it's very annoying when people who know things don't tell you what they know. Right? That's what I'm saying. A crusade? I'm not a... A crusader. I... I could tell that just by looking at you. Big purple cloak and all. <laughs> Honestly, Tirtha, I don't know what they're talking about, but that's what I was told to say. Of course. Um, thank you for your message. Yes. Uh, I do have a second message, of course. Yes? Well, actually, the second message thought of a bunch of messages. You see, initially, all of the Archfey together said they would oppose your crusade at every turn. And then the strangest thing happened. I was taken aside repeatedly by other Archfey, who gave me very differing answers, uh, as opposed to what I just said just now. How odd is that? I'm very confused. Yes, so was I at the time. In fact, I still am. But here we go. Lord Oberon Greenvane bade me speak to you that he is neutral where these things are concerned and doesn't rightly care. Shom, on the other hand, asked me to double down and say that should you enter his domain, consider yourself... Well, he used some rather robust imagery using tree roots and bark that I'd rather not repeat. Yes, it, uh, I can imagine. I can't imagine, actually. I don't know who that is, but I can imagine, uh, you know... <clears throat> The gardener didn't really have an opinion on these sorts of things. He's rather removed these days. 
The hunter, on the other hand, was rather enthusiastic about your cause. And the court bayoon bade me simply say, Hey. <laughs> you up? Hey, hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that laughter is a character. I think it was just like, it's too early, Remus. What? Uh... <laughs> and then, of course, there was the web matron who said she would support you if the time was right. Then there was, of course, the honey lord who said, well, so long as he brings me honey, I don't really care. There was the River King, who said he would slay you with his trident, rather robustly. That man loves his trident. Um. Uh, who, who are these people? Oh, these are the Archfey of the Eastwood, Tyrther. Did I not say that? You did, but I don't... I don't know that I know who, what that means. Give me an arcana roll. <laughs> oh, I definitely don't know what that means. <laughs> um, In fact, I'll give you yeah. an advantage on this roll, because this would be some things that the jar here might teach you about. 16. Thank you for that advantage. Because um, the first one was a 2. Archfey are fairies. And if there's one thing the Jarashir don't like. It's creatures that are not originally from this plane of existence. That's true. Of which no. fairies are a major example of them. And what do the Jarashir teach you about fairies? You don't trust them. You don't talk to them. And it's probably best if you smite and ask questions later. And but he's so polite. It's true. <laughs> And the Archfey are the biggest and baddest of those fairies. You certainly haven't killed me yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm working up to that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Thank you for letting me know. Well, yes, the lift is, goes on after that. It's rather long, actually. Um, everyone had very, very pointed opinions about this. But you don't know what this is. Your crusade, whatever that is. Your mission, your... Whatever it is you're doing in a religious sort of way. What am I doing in a religious sort of way? Um... I don't ask that. <laughs> All right. And do you what's your opinion of Oh me? <clears throat> no, Tither, I am I'm but an angel. I'm just the messenger. Hmm. Little old Mr. Goodfellow here has no opinion where these things are concerned. 
Well, I suppose that's better than being directly opposed to whatever I'm doing in a religious sort of way. Thank you um, again. Of course. And he'll sort of like pick himself up, dust off his pants and his bottom, and he'll say, Have a good morning. Toodaloo. Uh, oh, good morning. I. <laughs> Slowly but surely, the rest of you wake up. The morning is cold and bitter. You're stiff from the night's rest. Sid, the first thing you notice is that Grawl never came to bed. Hmm. Uh, that's weird. I think I would go check on him. Um, Tears of mentioned that. Actually, no, I would. I was asleep and Tears of mentioned that. I look around uh, for him. Give me a perception roll. about we not botch this time? <laughs> nope. Okay, cool. That is going to be a 26. 26. Nice. There is no sign of Grawl. What you do notice is that the carriage door to the mayor's carriage is open. And you see figure rustling around inside. I... I... I go to the carriage. Okay. Cherish, you're slowly getting up during all of this, and Tirza, you'd already be awake, so you'd see this happening. <laughs> um, Sid, you find the mayor inside the carriage, standing over Grawl's prone body in a very suggestive kind of vampiric lean. <laughs> Uh, does he notice me? Give me a stealth roll. Okay. Fucking god damn it. It's a one. <laughs> oh uh, my god! I mean, plus ten, but, you know, it's a one. He will turn and watch as you approach, uh, and the sun is kind of creeping up onto the, the dirt nearby, and the mayor has removed his hat and his jacket and his just standing over Grawl, and if you didn't know any better, you would say he is, like, moving away from his throat, but maybe that's just your imagination getting the better of you. Uh. Prejudice. Okay, can I, does it look, does it look, so it looks like he just. And he turned and notes your approach. Okay. Can I get a, a read on him? Does he, did he look like he was biting or. Like, does he have blood on his face? No. Does Grawl have puncture marks? Doesn't appear to. Okay. Uh, hey, sorry to interrupt. What do, what are you doing? Oh, Sid, my boy, you're not interrupting anything. If anything, I was about to come and fetch you and your friends. Uh, and he'll, like, step aside, and you can see Grawl is just laid out on the bench of the carriage great sword sort of like clutched in front of his chest um, he appears to be asleep are you just watching him while he was sleeping what are you doing well I had 
come into the carriage to find my own rest, the daylight hours being somewhat of a sensitive time for me, and I found our dear friend Grawl here asleep, which normally would not be a problem, but the distinct lack of snoring did sort of give away an oddness to this particular respite he is within. Uh, is he being honest? Give me an insight roll. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I... I got another one. Dice Amazing. jail. Dice How? jail. Oh my god. How are you doing this? I am rolling another <laughs> It's die. The mayor is uh, the most trustworthy man in the world. <laughs> wow. Good point. Uh, what? What's? Did, could you? Uh, could you figure out what was wrong? I had simply just discovered him, and I was uh, coming to fetch you when you stumbled upon us. I I go up and I uh, check, um, Grawl, uh, see if he's breathing. Um, a quick check leads you to believe that he is breathing, but very very slowly, mm-hmm. as though in a deep, deep sleep. But there is no snoring. His eyes are closed. You can see a slight fluttering under his eyelids. Uh, hey, Grawl? There's no response. I, like, yell his name. Any response? There's no response. I shake him. Shaking this big, heavy albino hobgoblin, and nothing happens. Does he have his sword on him? He's holding it in front of his chest. Okay, down the line uh, of his body. Hey, tears. Uh, Cherish, can you come in here? Of course. Yeah. What's up? What's wrong? God. <laughs> um, our best best friend, the mayor, found Grawl in this in the state, <laughs> and was just about to let us know that uh, something was wrong. Uh, I tried to wake Grawl up and he, he wouldn't come out of his sleep. Do you think it's like with Phineas Feinbrook again? Does he... Grawl still have the ring on? He, uh, if I check uh, for... You don't see it. <sighs> Why did he take it off? He's not... <laughs> Bleeding, but that didn't happen until he woke up the last time. Um, so he's, he doesn't have the ring on any of his fingers. You do not see the ring on any of his fingers, no. I, I, oh. look, I look for the ring. Yeah, like, I'm... Oh, did he... Well, okay. Were we there? Because I know out of character, but... No! Oh my god, Olivia, fucking stop, please. <laughs> She's yeah. texting lewd things to me. <laughs> it's breaking my concentration. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, out of character. He made the ring invisible. Um, but I don't know if we know that. I'm surprised I remember out of character, honestly. Mm-hmm. When did he make it invisible? Was that well, basically a- as soon as he put it on. Yeah. Oh. Gotcha. All right, well. Uh, okay, well, um, 
can maybe he needs to be cured like a I don't know like from sleeping I don't I know is he cursed maybe can you can you lift curses tears up I don't know I don't think so I mean, he's Do you think it's something to do with his You know, the the Dreamlands thing? I mean, it might Maybe And the mayor who's standing nearby will say I'm sorry Um, Grawl may or may not have access to a place called the the Dreamlands. I don't know if you know anything about that. Yes, I do. I was aware of this fact. About wait about Grawl in the Dreamlands, or just that it exists? Both. Okay. I have come to the Dreamlands from time to time. I tend to patrol its borders when it is close to Blue Gulch. And one I night, mean, I stumbled upon young Grawl here. Okay. Well, that definitely lends some credence to... I'm kind of, like, looking at, at Sid and Tirza, like, damn, he might actually be able to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not just making, making up shit. So I didn't think he was lying, but it's it's just hard. It's a hard thing to prove, I guess. It's true. He could have just been dreaming. Yeah. The mayor will say, there's a fine line between this is uh, rather complicated. Dream space is a strange and involved uh, point of study of mine. I am something of a practitioner of the magical arts. A wizard, or at the very least, I used to be. Dreamlands is a separate entity from dreams itself, though there is a, a line that one might cross that brings you from normal slumber to deep slumber. The Dreamlands. Hmm. Hmm. Does... Have you ever seen someone in a deep slumber? Does that does this look like what that is? It looks like different things for different people. This is rather deeper sleep than I have seen in quite some time, to be sure. Um, Grawl is in the dreamlands. There is... 
Well, there are only a few ways to be sure, unfortunately. Um, why unfortunately? Because all of those are ways, at least in part, involve traipsing into the dreamlands. I see. And it is a dangerous place at the best of times. And so... He'll trail off, just staring at Grawl. Begin to, like, sort of rub his chin. How... How could we, how could we get there? If he's in trouble, we should probably try and help him. Uh, that is what I am considering at the moment, and I cannot believe I am. As of this moment, I and he'll like stare outside at the sun that's even now creeping towards the open door of the coach. He'll glance back over at the coffin that's at the very end of the coach inside here. And he'll say, As of right now, I cannot follow you to the place you must go. Okay. How do, how do we get there? There is a ritual. Could be conducted, and he'll like move over to near the coffin, and you see him open up a chest and begin pulling out. Cherish, you would recognize this as a bunch of spell components. Seems that he has a chest ah. of a ton of spell components in here. Dang, some material components. One might even say. <laughs> one might oh, even say. Said the name of the show. He is rooting through, and you see him pulling out these bundles of incense and these little flasks of ointment, and he begins, like, setting them out on the chair nearby. Mm -hmm. And he looks at all of you and says, This is a dangerous journey to take at the best of times. Are you sure you wish to do this? For all we know, well, Grawl could be on his way back right now. Well, how would... How do we get back if we... Find out he's okay? You wake up. Okay. You just decide, like, hey, it's time. Sometimes it's that easy. Sometimes you have to do it in the the proper place at the proper time. You have to be making sure that nothing is actively stopping you from waking up, whether it be on this side or the other. Okay. What do you guys think? I mean, if we think that this is what is happening to Grawl, we have to go. I mean, we should pack our things up and, I mean, you know, tie our horses to the carriage. I mean, we... Yeah. We should we should prep ourselves. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's a good call. Unfortunately, time is rather subjective in the dreamlands. You could be gone for ten minutes, you could be gone for ten days. 
And on the other side, it could be one minute. It could be a lifetime. And you say Grawl has done this regularly? Uh, as far as he says, yeah. Told him to go through the door, I suppose. If you are sure, I can get you there. But, as I said, it will be dangerous. I mean, if, like yeah. I said, if that's how we have to get Grawl back. I... Then we, we will do it. And he'll look to you, Cherish, as Tears and Sid agree to this. Yes, if he's not awake by the time we're done, you know, breaking down camp, then we're going in. Better well. I will prepare the ritual, and he will move over to his coffin. You see him pulling out this large black tome and begin opening it to a page and. Cherish, you're pretty sure this is a spell book of some kind? Yeah. Camp is quickly broken down by the dwarves and Big Gus. Robin Goodfellow is traipsing about helping here and there, though he seems to be mostly like tying shoelaces together and making sure pants fall down at inappropriate moments. Sure. Worst. He's making the time pass quickly. Darren Dunn is sitting wobbly on his donkey, uh, though that donkey is quickly like lifted up and strapped to the top of uh, the mayor's coach by a team of dwarves <laughs> who are very sure that that donkey won't be able to keep up with the pace you're going to set. No. And Darren Dunn seems pretty oblivious to that fact. But even as the last of the camp is packed up and squared away, you can't help but glance back continually at the carriage where Grawl sits in supine unawareness. But then by the time everyone's ready to go, Grawl has still not awoken. Alright, we're doing this. Uh, the lesser. And a voice nearby loud. will say, Yeah, what's up? I'd like you to stay in the coach today. I don't want uh, um, perimeter. Okay. I know it's not ideal, but I'm I'm going into the dreamlands and. The what and the who now? Uh, the Dreamlands. I, I, it's a, uh, I suppose a, another, not another plane, but another place. I'll just be asleep in the carriage today, and I'd like you close by. Okay. Uh, sure. Um, anything I should be doing while you take a nap and uh. go to some place? 
Um, I don't know, actually. Um, I just kind of want you close by in case something goes wrong, I suppose. Okay, uh, cool, sure, all right. Will do. Thank you. And as far as you can tell, the lesser is inside the coach. Uh, once he's inside, he will reveal himself in his six-legged rat form. Like, sitting Aww, up on a, one of the favorite. benches. Kind of, like, looking around. Glancing at Grawl and says, Oh, is he finally dead? <laughs> no, just very, very asleep. Oh, okay. We think he might be stuck. In the dream thingy? Yes. Oof. <laughs> okay. Thanks for your support, the lesser. Yeah. I kind of thought maybe he'd know something about the dreamlands, but I guess not. You don't know if devils dream. That's true. Oh, it's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Well, you know, one devil dreams. At least. It's you. Do I? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, just the, the like... You do. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tirza. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> As you enter back into the carriage, you are hit by this wall of incense smoke that is being lit in little holders around the interior of this place. Seems as though there were already incense holders in built into the interior of this carriage. And he has placed the nice. little sticks of incense on little placements around the different posts. Uh, as you enter, the mayor is having a discussion with Big Gus through a speaking tube near his coffin. And he's telling him, just follow the dwarves for now. Uh, we'll split off if the time permits it. And he'll turn back to all of you as you're coming in. He'll sort of back away as some of the light shines in through the door. And once the door is closed, he'll move over and say, All right, now, what I'm going to do is apply a little bit of... Well, let's just call it ointment to each of your brows. It will help you traverse at least the first stage of enter down the steps of light slubber. It will take you to the cavern of flame at the very least. After you are there, it is up to you to bypass the Guardians and make it down into the steps of deeper slumber. Okay. Once you pass those, you will enter the Enchanted Woods. Once there, you will be free to access the rest of the Dreamlands, but do not tarry in the woodlands. You must remember that at all costs. Exit the woods at best speed. If you're not careful, the creatures that lurk there will trap you and kill you and eat you, and hopefully it will be in that order. Ugh. Let's stay in the woods. Okay. Woods well, bad. That's bad. And he'll unscrew a wide ointment jar and say, last chance to back out. Oh, no. 
we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Very well. It's a good learning opportunity. Sure. If nothing else. It'd be really funny if Grawl was just sleeping. All right, let's do this thing. It'd <laughs> be really funny. Yep. He'll Super take, funny. <laughs> he'll take off his white gloves, revealing his slightly veiny, desiccated hands. Take a thumb, drag it through this thick gray ointment, and he'll spread it into a mark on each of your foreheads that is sort of like a, a broad leaf shape, sort of. It's like a, a children's drawing of a tree, a long line with a bunch of vertical lines running through it. Mm. And he will say, lay out in whichever position you find comfortable. You will be unconscious and your bodies will technically be asleep, so uh, I wouldn't recommend standing up while this happens. Good call. Oh, I'm gonna one, with my little rat buddy. One more piece of advice. If you happen upon a silver key in your travels, be sure to take it. Okay. What does that do? It will silver make key, it yes. easier to get back. Admittedly, anyone who possesses one of these will fight with tooth and nail to keep it, so... I would not recommend stealing one. Okay. Silver key good, forest bad. Fine grawl. Keep that thought in your mind as we start this. It's important that you remember those things. Find grawl. Silver key. Do not trust the woodlands. Remember those three things. Keep those fixed in your mind. And as he begins speaking, his voice sort of becomes layered. And your thoughts start to become muzzy as the, the warmth of the incense fills your head. Find the first 70 steps. Begin to sleep as you drift away. You know how to dream. You know where dreams come from. You've always known. And as you begin drifting, he begins speaking in a language none of you understand, but at the same time you intrinsically know it. It's a part of you. It's some deep meaning that is embedded in your psyches. He's saying these words, ancient words, and weaving some sort of spell, and you all begin drifting to sleep, willingly giving yourselves over to this spell. Eventually, your vision fades to black, and that black resolves into a staircase. Each of you blink and look around, and you find yourselves standing at the top of a long, winding, spiral staircase. Sid, Cherish, you look much as you always do. Tirza, you do not appear as the 26-year-old, aged-up version of yourself, but rather the original 
true age of Tears of Cloakmare. Yeah, 17. 17 yeah. year old. Weird. Do we have our forge bound items? No. Yeah, I was worried about that. What do yeah. we have on what us? What do we have? Are we naked? Oh god, is it one of those dreams? <laughs> you are dressed god, I'm in class. however you would like normally envision yourselves. It's like baseline you. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's how you were dressed in the streets of Stormhaven. Maybe it's the clothes your mother sewed for you. Maybe it's the the first robes of an initiate of the Jarashir. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's how you see yourselves progressing every day. Maybe it's the the well-tailored clothes of a self-styled hero. <laughs> Maybe it's the self-made clothes of someone seeking to identify themselves, not by who they were raised by, but who they are becoming. Maybe it is the ill-fitting armor of someone living up to a destiny that they don't understand and maybe don't want to. But you find yourselves at the top of these stairs, staring down into darkness. All right. Now Let's where go. to? Yeah, nowhere to go but down. Yeah. I go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sid, Cherish, Tirza, you proceed down these stairs. There are 70 steps on the staircase of light slumber. They spiral and twist and move in a serpentine pattern. You move in almost total darkness, though the outline of the stairs beneath your feet are always obvious. There's no tripping down this staircase, for every mortal walks this path on the verge of sleep and into dreams. It's just now that you are aware of that walk. Eventually you see light coming from around a corner, flickering blue and red light. It dances on the walls before you actually see the chamber before you. But the chamber is wide, enormous even. Two massive braziers of flame rest to either side of an immense stone archway, a gate of some kind. One of the flames is blue, one of the flames is red. Standing just inside the range of those flames, just in front of the archway, are two enormous creatures. They look like toads or ogres of some kind, their heads strangely sideways so that their mouths open up in a vertical crest that forms along their head. A series of eyes ring a ridge of bone near their collar. Their shoulders are huge and broad with four brawny arms sticking out from them, knuckling forward like some massive ape. Their legs are recurved and bent, ending in large hooved feet. One of them is blue, one of them is red. They stand one of them tells the truth, at the and opposite. the other one lies. 
Maybe. The blue one stands one. near the red flame. <laughs> the red one stands near the blue flame. Yeah. And there's one entryway? There's one massive gate that they're standing in front of. Okay. Oh. And their eyes pucker a little bit as you approach. Not blinking, but the flesh around their eyes seems to quiver slightly as though they're tracking your movement. Say hi. They don't say anything as we're walking up. As you approach, the names Noshed and Common Thaw into your minds. Oh, uh, I think back. Hello. And the words. Pick your path, travelers, enters your minds. And they stare at you. I knew it. Isn't there... Am I... There, isn't there one path that's just through the... Or, no, we get it. Does anyone know what's happening? I don't know what's happening. As soon as one of them says that one of them tells the truth and the other one lies, I totally have this in the bag. But until they say that, I don't know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean... Maybe we just... Yeah. To give you some Two reference, these, these creatures are enormous, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, um, as big as some of the giants you saw at the Bulwark of Bone. And these huge, strange, sideways heads of theirs, like Venus flytraps opening on their shoulders, are large enough to swallow any of you whole. Good. Uh, but, there, but again, yeah, there's only one other exit or entrance to this area. Behind the two creatures, which have presumably identified themselves as Noshed and Common Thaw. Yeah. There is a um, darkened gateway behind them, yes. Okay. Uh, well, that way for sure. Yeah. I guess. And we go Yeah. In. I... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we make our way to the doorway. Okay. You try to walk past the two large creatures? <laughs> yep. Yes. Okay. Their eyes seem to flex in the skin around that bone ridge near their collar as they watch you pass. They turn slightly as you move. Two creatures tracking your movement. As you wander towards the large gateway. They let you pass. You walk between them. Okay. Okay. Great. Um. Yeah. Uh, I will. Tears will reach forward and like try to go through the gate. Okay. It's just this black surface that you stride through, passing through some barrier in this gate. 
walking through the gates of slumber, unaided by either of the priests. You feel your minds beginning to be stripped away. I need everyone to make intelligence saving throws. Good. <laughs> Just as I was like, man, the mayor made that sound a lot harder than it was. Um, you guys get plus twos here. Intelligence good. Savings. Very, very, very good. Nope, not using that dice. That die has betrayed me too many times. Fifteen. Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, ten. Excellent. There's a sensation afterward that is difficult to parse. You're unsure about how much time passes. There are steps leading down away in a thousand different directions. Some lead to doors, some lead to archways, some lead to veiled curtains. There are exits from this staircase to realms unheard of. Your mind tries to remain fixed on those three points. Find Grawl. Get a silver key. Don't stay in the woods. Find Grawl. Get a silver sapphire. Stay in the woods. Find the woods. Stay away from the key. Stay away from Grawl. Find the woods. Get the key. Begins to become muddled as you move down these stairs. We're all gonna die here. Cherish, you keep the three points fixed in your mind. Okay. To the best of your ability, roll me a d6. On a one or two, you forget about Grawl. On a oh, two, no. on a three or four, you forget about the key. On a four, on a five or six, you forget about the woods. Oh boy. Hmm, all good. Oh, okay. It's a four. Okay. You have no recollection of anything to do with a silver key. Okay. But you well, must not remain the... in the woods, and you must find Grawl. It's probably the best possible outcome that one could have had. Yeah. Not amazing, but... Tears a Sid. Yeah. Do the same thing for me, but depending on the result, that's the only thing that you remember. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna not roll... D6, you said? Mm-hmm. Grawl? Grawl who? Never oh, heard of buddy. We gotta get out of here. We gotta stay out of the woods. We gotta get that silver key. No, no, no. Uh, to be fair, Tears uh, Sid, whatever number you rolled, that's the only thing you remember. Oh, oh right, right, right. Okay, I flipped them. Mm -hmm. I got two. Okay, so you I got both two. remember to find Grawl, but you do not recall okay, anything well, about all... the woods or the silver key. Uh, so okay. none of us know about the silver key. Cool. I do. Cool. Oh, no. no yeah, no, that's right. No, you don't. Okay, well, again, this is not the worst possible uh, outcome, for sure. Nope. Basic game theory. <laughs> We're <Yeah>. fine. <sighs> as right. you stride down these stairs, you feel your personality slowly stripping away as you try to focus on three things. No? 
just two things. No, maybe just the one thing, depending on who it was. As you find your way down, Tirza and Sid, you're funneling down on that singular, focused totality. Find Grawl, find Grawl, find Grawl. That's all there is. There's no mm -hmm. Sid or Tirza, Stormhaven, the Baris. It's all stripped away. It's just find Grawl, find Grawl, find Grawl. Your mind's laid bare to the twisting ephemera of the dreams that surround you. Until finally, you break through the last few steps of the 700 steps of deeper slumber into a bright, glowing nothing. Tirza and Sid stripped away completely. Cherish. Mm -hmm. There is a wind that rustles the trees around you. Light filters down through the branches. It is a sweet, sun-filled day here in these enchanted woods. There's a chittering somewhere in the distance. The strange blue-purple leaves of these trees drift lazily in the sunshine. You are pretty sure you remember why you're here. Find Grawl but stay out of the woods. Yes. You're in the woods. You need That's to escape. Bad. I need to find Grawl, but not here. Casting around, you don't immediately find Grawl. Dang. You <laughs> do find two people you don't recognize, though. Um... A hey, I bent and tired-looking old man dressed in purple. Oh, and a long-caped Errol Flynn-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Both of whom are picking themselves off the ground, looking around, very confused. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna help the old man up for sure. Like, oh sir, sir, um uh I, listen, I, I, I can't stay. Um I mean this I have to get out of these woods, um, but you should also get out of these woods. And Sadagar, all you remember is you have to find Grawl. Oh my god. <clears throat> oh my god. Ugh. Sorry, I just have to process a little bit. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no, I'm I'm looking for someone and I don't He may be I'm, here. I am I am too. Um but I can't be in the woods. Uh, this is uh, uh well, he, yeah, he's not here and I can't this I can't be here to find you him. Know this is a crazy coincidence. I'm also looking for someone here. Someone named Grawl? Grawl! That's that's who I'm looking for. You're looking for Grawl? I'm I'm looking, looking for Grawl, Grawl too. Both of you? Yeah. 
Okay. But I, I don't think he's here, and I'm I'm not I, supposed to be here. Well, where 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 are we? Well, and we're in the woods. A voice nearby will say, Well, that's easy. You're in the enchanted woodlands. Motherfucker. <laughs> and I think it is there that we are going to end this session of material oh comments. <laughs> Because as always, you can find us on Twitter at matcomrpg. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponents at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. Materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. I apologize. Mm. Um, so yes, please reach out to us at either of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. At Elliot C. Lewis. Uh, I was going to make an Inception joke here, but that was before, um, for the first time in my life, I wish I had rolled worse because, God, I wish I was playing yeah. some ass. I would have just left you fuckers here. <laughs> oh, Matt, Maz just, like, pushes Sadigar on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're in the way, old man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh my god, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter uh, at cryoutolivia. Come hang out. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm so pleased. Um, and I am not on really any social media, but uh, you don't need to contact me. Um, what you could do uh, to support the show is go to whatever platform that you are uh, consuming this show. Uh, there's a lot of them. And uh, just give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Uh, and we're also, uh, Mike can tell you about the, the NPC name thing that we're also doing too. <laughs> One of these days I'll pass this honor off to you. Uh, so listen up. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just need to write it down really quick. I'm, this is me taking notes right now. <laughs> because if you include the name of an NPC in the title line of your review, we will include it in this campaign. And I'm talking some kind of NPC with lines and a unique voice and probably a dramatic death sequence if I feel like it. But <laughs> either way, you include the name of an NPC in the subject line of your review and it will make it into material components. And like, hey, we're probably about to meet a whole bunch of weird folks. <laughs> so yeah. now's so. the time. One hundred percent you uh, and... are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and so since excited. Reed is not here, uh, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at the Readimus. He hasn't spelled that in a while, so that's T H E R E E D I M U S. I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, you should tweet some out of context stuff from this episode at him. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> please do. Yes. Speaking of tweeting, you can of course find me over at MK Gargoni on Twitter. Uh, where you can yell at me about how the Dreamlands works and uh, how I am messing up the pronunciation of all the names of the things I am saying. Um, you can also yeah. find our good, good friend Omatep over at NPC underscore AN, because even when he is not trouncing through alternate dimensions of consciousness and reality, he is, of course, an important NPC. Um, and, of course, I forgot to mention it last time, but every Saturday morning, or whenever uh 
noon EST, 9 a.m. PST, you can find Elliot and myself over at the Greyhawk channel uh, playing Dreadwood Fairy Tales. Uh, last session, mm -hmm. they had delved into the candy mines of Dr. Victor Von Villainous in an attempt to, uh, you know, figure out exactly where hags get their candy uh, cottages from. Mm -hmm. Now we know. But now yeah, we know. If you're, so if you're, if you're really feeling that withdrawal from your Pact Blade, uh, Pact of the Blade Warlock, then uh, come over on Saturday and... Uh, I'll I'll uh I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet pack of the blade fix. Yeah, yeah. But as always, everybody, the world is chaos. So please be kind to one another. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.